You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about our ideas of the ideal supervising. We read, Is Diligence More Important for Students Than Intelligence? Published in Psychology Today 2021. The first point that we're talking about is tradition versus innovation as far as supervisees. I think there's lots of things that have had to change lately, Mm -hmm. but I think there's also been a gradual change also. So from the time that I went to grad school, maybe there were ideas of thought one way. By the time I became a supervisor, things had shifted very different. Yes. I think you're also, you were talking a little bit about the changes that we made this just this last year, right. year and a half. Are, are, so you're thinking, I think a lot of counselors thought, no, anything related to technology and counseling. Forget they it. They don't like it. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> but we've all been forced to right. try it, work with it. Right. And I don't know about all counselors, but I know that I will keep it now as part of my practice. I have mm-hmm. a few clients that prefer it. It's easier. They don't have to leave work. Yeah. That's just the counseling. I mean, that's just work stuff. Do you think that means too that you're mindset about it has changed that you think it can be a productive way of learning to be a counselor to the productive way of being a counselor? I think it can be. It's still not my preferred, but mm-hmm. I think it can be. And cer- there are still probably certain clients that I wouldn't recommend it for. Mm-hmm. So that's, so we're talking about the use of technology and counseling is more on the innovative side. Right. Do you think if we're saying tradition versus the innovation, mm-hmm. then not using technology, but would be a more traditional route. Right. Do you think that there's a reason to prefer that or a reason that that has strengths versus being more technology-based or the option of being technology-based? I think for me personally, especially in supervision and also in regular therapy sessions, Mm -hmm. something about being in the room with someone cannot be the same as being on a screen. Okay. Do you think lots of counselors feel that way, that being in person is preferred being online or using technology is like second best, but maybe could be as good enough or almost good enough. Right. It could probably get the job done. Uh, do you think, I, I mean, I asked that because I don't think maybe all counselors feel that way. Maybe right. there are counselors who feel, nope, just as good as, just as effective. But you feel like you it's can't. not the first choice. Right. And so it could be as good as or a useful tool. Right. I don't know if I'm thinking supervision specifically. I don't know that I think... It has brought me an advantage, but I think it's made it possible. Right. Right. But I also don't, with supervisees, I don't think I'm at a disadvantage because of it. Right. With supervisees, I don't feel that it's. Yeah. So, well, some of them are sometimes maybe, I guess, but at least the ones I'm thinking about right now, it feels equal to me Mm -hmm. for supervision. Mm -hmm. Okay. You also mentioned the way that you went through school as a counselor versus the way new counselors are going through school or what that Mm -hmm. expectation is. It doesn't, I remember I had in grad school a two online classes and that what made them online was that we had quizzes every week 
that were online. Ah, okay. That was it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, the rest of the entire class was a book. Mm-hmm. And I, we had to read through the book and write some papers that we submitted online. Right. They were submitted. And Wait, we had yeah, email. I think there was a portal. <laughs> okay. I think there was okay. a portal. That is advanced. There. Yeah. <laughs> And that there was a quiz that we had to log onto a portal and complete the quiz. And that was the entirety of what made it online. So even that makes me think that was an attempt at being innovative back at then. The and now that it's just, that's just ridiculous right. to have called that an online class. But that was right. as good as our technology could mm-hmm. do for us back then. But what do you think when you're thinking traditional versus innovative related to actually how counselors are taught? Well, I think so. The school I went to is pretty innovative for its time, Mm -hmm. but other schools and other people that I met later on that graduated at the same time I did, they were taught to pick a like specialty, like pick a yes, like and only do this specialty. Yes, pick this Mm -hmm. and stick there. Mm -hmm. Now my school is a little different, where they wanted you to have experienced all the different kind of tracks. You were supposed to like have at least four people that you talk to about different how they did it or whatever and picking not even necessarily theory based, but like how they did counseling. Mm -hmm. Now, I think a lot of my supervisees come in and they have had this like almost wide variety of like, you could go this theory, you could pick this way, you could do therapy this way, you can, there's all new advances in therapy. People have incorporated walking therapy. They've incorporated. Okay. I thought you were thinking when I was in grad school, there was I think the mental health counseling track, the school counseling track, and yes. the children, like children Correct. and something track. <laughs> and it does make me think, why are those all separate? Right. <laughs> right. Like, why is mental health separate from kids? And why mm-hmm. was school separate from kids? Right. It makes actually no that logical make sense. sense. <laughs> but it does make me think, it, I think it would be really innovative, especially on the school counseling side of things, if we quit separating the two Mm -hmm. and and acting like they had to be different because I do think school counselors then ended up with a very different experience or set of coursework that Mm -hmm. so I think that'd be a way to be innovative but you're so you're talking about paradigms right counseling paradigms it may be theory-based but also not just Mm theory-based and I do think I mean for sure more traditionally you started a program and you picked a theory, right. even more traditional that than that. Each counseling program only taught one theory. Mm-hmm. And now what do you see from students coming out of newly out of school? What were they weren't asked to pick a theory? No, they haven't been asked to pick a theory. They've been asked to like maybe write a paper about a specific theory, pick one to learn about. Mm-hmm. But there are also classes now on theory about where I have one supervisee that's had to do comparison papers on if you were dealing oh. like, here's the vignette. And if you are cognitive behavioral, you think this way. And if you are Adlerian, you think this way, which is good. I mean, I'm not I don't have a problem with it, but I think it allows a lot more focus on the client. I've never picked a theory that I had to stick to. I, yeah. I'm led a certain way. Most yeah. of my colleagues know how I would handle a client in with the theory behind it. But I think with supervisees now, they are just almost overwhelmed by Mm. not knowing like, well, if I did this and I'm on and I'm doing, it's like the trend, we're seeing the transition. Well, I think what I've seen is, I haven't seen an example of that, actually. Um, The students that I've seen are encouraged to be, this is horrible that I can't think of the word right now. Eclectic? Uh, Yes, probably eclectic, which is not what you're describing. But I also, 
I mean, the, when I went through school and even the professors that I've talked about, their perspective on teaching theory, more traditional idea is that you focus on one because that you can't learn such a great variety of things and be right. really good at such a large variety of things instantly. So focus on one, feel confident and comfortable with that one. Doesn't mean that you'll always keep that one and you don't have right. any choices, but it's an opportunity to build your skills and build understanding of what it means to apply those skills. Mm -hmm. But then of course you'll move on. I know I've talked about, I had a theory professor who really impresses me and scares the pants off of me. <laughs> and she would start the you know first day of a theory class and she would explain her process through identifying a theory. Okay. And she went to a school that they only taught one theory. Oh, okay. Behavioralism. Oy. Can you okay. imagine? That's no, the one theory. I would, I would flunk. <laughs> and, and that her job that she wanted when she finished school was that she wanted to go back to the high, little high school that she went to and mm -hmm. be the school counselor. And so she took her new degree and, and all her behavioralism right. and went back to a public high school and went, oh, I'm not even, I don't, how am I even going to help all these kids right. what, with behavioralism? Mm -hmm. So she explored and found something that worked for her better at the time. And it was Gestalt. Mm -hmm. And she said she worked with that a long time and it felt like it fit her. It felt like it worked well with the kids that she was working with. Right. And that, But then she moved on and she found a different theory and a different theory. And through her story, she maybe like was on her fifth theory. Mm -hmm. And she went from behavioralism to transcendental <laughs> and it took her a long time and it right. was a clear reflection of her growth as a person and her deepening her understanding of how people change and mm -hmm. the and sure. the, all those things but what a drastic difference and that wasn't wrong it was right. just a process right any theory would take a lifetime to truly master mm -hmm. i had a supervisee a little i don't know maybe it's been three or four years ago but um, he was encouraged to do like per client, like stick, stay, stay oh, within man. a thing. And I just, he so would tell me change about, for I, each one. Man, right. And that, I said, that's exhausting. That makes my, my head spin <laughs> right. a little bit. That'd be hard. But also there's times where you can't really be that different. If you, I mean, there are certain types of clients and he was at a counseling center. So like a lot of the clients he was getting were very similar in what they were coming in with. Mm -hmm. So it'd be hard to transition from working cognitive behavioral with this client who's very much like the next client, but now you're going to do yeah. a completely different process. Yeah. Well, what you described, I do sometimes do with my supervisees that I might say, okay, well, if you were thinking from this perspective, then what What would your thought process right. be and what would you do? Really, sometimes for the purpose of pointing out, you could be this one or this one or mm -hmm. this one or this one, and it still might look the same to the client, but your thought process and your conceptualization right. is specific to your point of view. But I also think I'm doing that with people who have a little more experience. Yes. They've already finished yes. school. Right. It doesn't, I find that it doesn't usually work well, make a lot of sense, feel very purposeful for even a supervisee who's in the first couple of months out of school. They're still right. not there. They're still trying to get their feet on the ground. Just trying to be in the room with a client and right. be present. And then, but down the road, I've had right. supervisees that are maybe closer to finishing their supervised hours that can do that more effectively and are maybe right. fine tuning a theory that they think that they like will work with for, mm -hmm. with for a while. Yeah. Well, Heather, what about our next point from the article? What is diligence? 
diligence. Well, they're referring to more of school, like education diligence. But I think in counseling diligence, I think it's that mentality of like, don't like being diligent is not giving up really quickly. Mm -hmm. It's stay the course. It's and I think you need that so much in counseling, right? You're you might your counsel your supervisees might be stuck, but it's not our job to unstick them. (laughs) It's our job to like provide the flashlight so they can see through the weeds and Mm -hmm. they can keep going. Yeah. I think that's a skill. The way I was thinking about it is not as as a student or as a supervisee, but as a personality characteristic. Mm. I was thinking that this means like stick-to-itiveness. Right. Stick with it. Don't Mm -hmm. give up. And I think if somebody, I don't know, this is a bias on my part, I guess. If you don't have that, I don't know that you're going to have it in some parts of your life and not in other parts. I think it's either on or off. Yeah. Or have you ever had, I'm sure you have, had a supervisee that their attitude is, I'm done with school. (laughs) I'm done with that. So I am done learning. I'm done. I've completed that part of my life. And how does that work? It doesn't. (laughs) It's not a skill that you want to. That's not. Yes, you've crossed one hurdle Mm -hmm. and there are lots more in front of us. So let's keep running the race. But Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, um, especially in some of my students that have done an accelerated program, Mm, they're exhausted they're mentally tired so i think sometimes it's just giving them a moment to hop back on track and figure out like okay yes you did that thing let's recognize that you finished Mm -hmm. school but in the counseling world we are going to be forever learners and that's what this looks like now you get to fine-tune even more what do you want to learn about why don't they tell people that in the very beginning in the very beginning just starting out and going okay this profession like career day Mm -hmm. and they should just have a sign that says counselor right and underneath (laughs) Lifetime learner, wears your heart on your sleeve. Right. All those things. Yeah. I don't know. What else would you add to that? I'd add compassion. Yeah. What about, do you ever have supervisees who also, at any of those milestones, finishing school, finishing their hours, whatever, mm-hmm. they think, oh, I'm done. Right. That, that's it for me. I'm like, yep. the timer went off and I'm good. No, I've had a few that have felt that. And then six weeks later, after hours are completed, we've submitted. I mean, everything's done. They don't need supervision anymore. They call back and they're like, so Mm. I really can we still have supervision because I'm not ready. (laughs) Do you ever try and teach them that before they they if they're saying like, no, as soon as this is done, I'm done. I'm not learning anything else. I don't have to. I don't have to. They're not going to. I think I float the idea out there. My door is open. You don't have to cut off contact. I still check out with, I mean, I still check in with people from time to time. Mm-hmm. So you should too. It's a good mm-hmm. practice to have. Yeah. I Well, I think I, I have had supervisees that put pressure on themselves. Maybe they're thinking that either they're, some are saying I'm already done mm-hmm. and some are saying, shouldn't I be done by now? Oh yeah. Like it's been three years and I'm not mm-hmm. done with my hours or whatever. Or I mean, shouldn't I be the world's best counselor because- mm. Yeah. Like, no, you're always going to get better. Hopefully. All right. Right. Hopefully. I hope that we all get right. better all the time. Or you're always going to have new things to learn. Right. Or Yeah. So diligence is willing to work hard. Right. Or open to working hard. Open to working hard. I like that better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then our last point, the ideal supervisee. I think we just said to each other, there's no real. Right. There's not a- one answer mm-hmm. here. 
So what do we think is the ideal supervisee, maybe for each one of us? What's your ideal supervisee? Um, I like to look for certain traits. Like I like my supervisees to be pretty self-motivated when it comes to tracking hours. Like I don't want to babysit. Mm-hmm. I want them to already have a, well, we develop usually at the beginning, a system for how they do notes. I want them to have some of those skills pretty like to be that kind of organized, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Executive functioning skills. Mm-hmm. I work better Which- with those. Not all counselors have. No. I mean, to be honest with you, mine were not great. I had to develop them over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. They're great now, but they weren't then. Mm -hmm. But I think that I work best with that kind of supervisee that kind of is a very self-motivated person that doesn't need a whole lot of hand-holding. I don't mind coaching along the way or helping, but someone that can find their stride and be in it for the marathon, not Mm -hmm. just the sprint to the next hurdle. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I, I would imagine you're going to say, oh, yeah, these two. But the the very first things that come to mind are not those things for me. Right. But the first things that come to mind when I try to think of the ideal supervisee would be someone who can be vulnerable mm. and someone who has humility. Oh, yeah. Those are important. Mm-hmm. But I think that maybe that's because I'm thinking about the things we just talked about. Right. If you are, if you think I'm done, I've right. learned everything there is to learn. Right. Then I think that that person would have a hard time with vulnerability and humility. Mm-hmm. And I do think those are even traits that someone might have, but I think they get um, fine-tuned and sharpened oh, sure. over the time and especially in a supervision time. Yeah, I agree. I think I have... I think I probably had some of that as a very new young counselor, but I think I've gotten even more of it when I realize you never know what a client is going to do or say. You really don't. Or, Every day may be different. Like, huh, I just got thrown up on. Right. Great. Yep. Um, didn't see that coming. Oh, that's P. Yeah, right. <laughs> then, I mean, just and rolling with it and going, huh, okay, I'm okay. They're okay. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. or being able to be vulnerable in that way, like yucky. Right vulnerable, mm-hmm. but also humble that I don't know everything. I'm still, right. still always learning, willing to learn. Mm-hmm. I think as far as at least some organ- organizational skills, you could go find an agency that will make you do That's those true. things. They'll make you do it. Yeah. <laughs> so then you don't have to have right. it. You can rely on somebody else to right. enforce some of that on you. Okay. If you know that about yourself. I'm going to tell you a secret. I was really bad at it. And mm-hmm. then I worked at an agency that was worse at it than oh me. and so then i was like all right yeah <laughs> auto correct <laughs> yeah huh or yeah but i th- i think that's true i think i always tell my supervisees that's one of the things i love about being a counselor is that you can reinvent yourself as a counselor over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again and also i think that means that there are plenty of counseling settings that fit each one of us right and so we don't all have to be the same i think Maybe to add to my ideal supervisee, it doesn't have to be somebody who's just like me or has the same interests right. or sometimes it's the even, same theory. I even like love that I gain experience from the mm-hmm. type of supervisee I get. I love mm-hmm. that there's a growing curve for the supervisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my I I think that would be it. Anything you'd add to your ideal supervisee? I would add in this is kind of a general broad sweeping. It builds off yours a little bit, but general good character. I want someone that feels in the room. This is one of those weird counseling terms in it, but like that you feel that when you're in the room with them, that they're honest and that they're open to learn. I mean, like mm-hmm. they're like aware that it's a professional job and it's important. That's- have you ever had a, a supervisee that you thought did not have what you're describing? Yep. Oh, I don't think I have. Mm. They, they weren't my supervisee for very long. 
No. <laughs> but, I mean, I've had supervisees that I disagreed with or thought maybe they were making poor ethical decisions, but maybe it was like the too optimistic of me. <laughs> maybe. But I always think that I can see that, but you mean well. Right. You're like, right? You, you like, do mean well, right? But there's a reason that you want to be helpful to people that's all true, in some way, mm-hmm. altruistic, though that little lucky right. part right there, we could work on that. But mm-hmm. so you felt like you've had supervisees that were not counselors for an altruistic reason that did not want to help humankind. Right. Wow, that's an awful lot of work to put yourself through. Right, right. I feel like a lot of, I mean, my program definitely, and a lot of programs I know of, there's a lot of self-work that goes on in grad school for counseling. That is the innovative counseling for you. (laughs) I think that's disappearing. Is it? That's sad to me. Mm -hmm. I think it's harder and harder for schools to figure out how to incorporate that. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's disappearing from programs. Right. Then on that side, I'll stand on the traditional side. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) It is sad. But I think it's hard. I, I, not that I think the programs don't value it. I think they're maybe they don't value it as much, but they're also having a hard time figuring out how to include it with all the other things mm-hmm. that are part that of now it. are part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening to Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.